Open your Bible to the book of Acts chapter 26. Acts chapter 26. We know Jesus, the light of the world. We sing it. We say it. It's a scriptures, many scriptures. But what does it mean and uh, how do we take it into our personal life? Is it just for a song? Is it just for a poem? Is it just for an image? Or is there something life applicable that we can take from it? I think there's great things that we can take from Jesus being the light of the world. He needs to be the light on the inside of you. And once he shines on the inside of you, man, it just changes everything. And so how do we get this? How do we partake of this great song and this great season and this great light of the world, Jesus Christ? So let's uh, go read some scripture here. This is Paul the apostle in his ministry. Toward the end of his ministry, he got called before the council, the Roman government. He's going to speak to King Agrippa here. And in his speech, he tells what his life and ministry has been all about. Ever since he got knocked to the ground by God, Jesus Christ gave him his calling and commission. He believed in Jesus, got saved, got filled with the Holy Spirit, spoke in tongues, started preaching the gospel everywhere. And here was his sum of his ministry. So this is gospel ministry right here. This is what we're all doing. This is why we do so much church. This is why we preach so much. This is why we care so deeply. This is why people write books, at least it's supposed to be. This is why we're trying to reach the world with the gospel. It's why we're having church to train us up and raise us up. This is it right here, all right? Here's the, gos here's the gospel after Jesus ascended. He's telling his story. Verse 15, so I said, who are you, Lord? And he said, I'm Jesus whom you're persecuting. But rise and stand on your feet, for I have appeared to you for this purpose, to make you a minister and a witness, both of the things which you have seen and of things which I will yet reveal to you. I will deliver you from the Jewish people, as well as from the Gentiles, non-Jewish people, whom I now send you, to whom I now send you, to open their eyes in order to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among those who are sanctified by faith in me. Real simple statement. To open people's eyes. Do you remember the day your eyes were opened? The scales fell off and you could understand things. You could see God. You understood where you stood in the things with God himself. You had a conviction. You recognized you're outside the circle. You need to jump in. There was a moment when your eyes opened. Turn them from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to God. Do you know that the power of Satan holds every unbeliever? Anyone that does not know of Jesus or does not believe in Jesus, the power of Satan himself holds them. Everyone. All of those good people out there that we love and like and can laugh with and family members. If they don't believe in Jesus, they're bound by the power of Satan. It ought to make you mad at the devil. This is the type of thing that causes Christians to devote their lives to God and to devote their lives for the gospel's sake because people are bound by the power of the devil himself. Not the cartoon devil with the spandex and a little pitchfork and a little... The real devil who's killing people, destroying people, 
deceiving people, keeping them away from God. This gospel is to deliver people from that power to God. There's only two options. Every unsaved person is bound by the devil, ruled by a ruler of the darkness of this world. And sometimes you look at them and say, what, why don't they see? Why don't they? Because they're bound by Satan. Why don't they quit? Why don't they stop? Why don't they change? Why don't they? Because they're bound by the devil. And so we're here to turn them from the power of Satan to God. And then there's Christians, believers, who really, they haven't gone far enough to tap into the power of God, so they're still bound in many ways under the power of Satan. So I want to help us today. We're going to go a little further, and we're going to start with understanding Jesus, the light of the world. All right, go to book, go book, the book of John, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, in the New Testament. John chapter 1. John chapter 1, start with verse 6. It says, there was a man sent from John, I mean, from God, whose name was John. This man came for a witness, to bear witness of the light. Notice how it capitalized the word light. That all through him might believe. So he's talking about John the Baptist. John the Baptist was not the light. He was preparing the way for the light, for Jesus. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light, which gives light to every man coming into the world. He was in the world, the world made through him, and the world did not know him. So Jesus is the one. Go to John chapter 3. Verse 16, for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten son of God. And this is the condemnation. Here's the judgment. Condemnation, judgment, same word. Here's the judgment. Here's why it is stampable, judgeable. Verse 19, this is the condemnation, the judgment, that the light has come into the world and men loved darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. All of a sudden now we got this deeds thing. So a life lived decidedly in the darkness is the reason why they won't come to the light. People who are living in darkness many times don't want to come to the light, but you did. You did. You got a glimpse of the light. You said, I think I better go toward it. Anybody who doesn't go toward it are lo loving their darkness too much. It's like you grew up in the dark woods all your life, and then somebody shows up with a little, with a little spotlight, and you're like, oh, I see a light. You're supposed to head toward it. Just a tiny little light in the distance. I better go toward there. And if you don't, then you're clueless, deceived. Something's wrong with you, right? If you're groping around the darkness, enjoying it, and don't come to the light, you're deceived. You're supposed to go to the light and stick with the light so the light can shine in your life. Amen. The reason people don't is because they're enjoying their darkness too much. I know the feeling. I remember the feeling. It's like, I'm going to have to come out into the light here. And when I do that, man, I better be ready to discard some things out of my life. You can't see all the filth 
in a place when the lights are off. Isn't that right? Like here's an example. If your house is filthy, just keep the lights low. Restaurants do it. Clubs and bars certainly do it. Don't ever go into one of those places during the daytime when they got the lights on and they're cleaning. It ain't clean. Someone told me that. Verse 20, for everyone practicing evil hates the light, does not come to the light, lest his deeds should be exposed. But he who does the truth comes to the light that his deeds may be clearly seen that they've been done in God. So those who are walking uprightly many times are quicker to turn to God. Because, hey, the, the, yeah, let me, let me put my life on the table with God. And any sinner who has been awakened on the inside will do the same. So if you believe in Jesus, it is time to put your deeds on the table. And then let him knock off all the evil ones and all the dark ones and all the weird ones. Why? So that you're not weird anymore. So that you're not wrong anymore. So that your life can be lived uprightly. You'll have a better life. Look at John chapter 8. John chapter 8 verse 12. Jesus spoke to them saying, I'm the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. Notice very clearly, he's the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness. Notice he doesn't say he who believes in me. They're, They're supposed to be synonymous. If you believe in him, you follow him. But so many times people believe in Jesus. It's like you believe in Jesus? Yeah. Yeah, I believe in him. And they live a totally different life than Jesus. That's not right, is it? I've asked the Lord to help you see it. Today, I want you to, I want you to let the word just say, you know what? I want, I want you to be honest today. Just let the word pierce your heart and say, you know what? I haven't really followed anything about you. I don't even know what, what do you mean follow him? I believe in him. I got the picture over my bed. Eh. You got to know what it means to follow Jesus. And if you do, you'll never walk in darkness. Go to John chapter 9, verse 5. As long as I'm in the world, Jesus said, as long as I'm in the world, I'm the light of the world. As long as I'm in the world, I'm the light of the world. Well, he died, he rose, he ascended, he's in heaven now. But through us, he's still in the world. If we spread the gospel right, if we are examples to the world, he's the light of the world. But right now, he needs us to be doing our job if he's going to remain the light of the world. Technically, positionally, he's the light. But it only shines in this world if you're shining. We'll get to that in just a moment. John chapter 11. John chapter 11, verse 9. Jesus answered, are there not 12 hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble because he sees the light of this world. But if one walks in the night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. Just challenge yourself. Just just question on the inside of you. 
am I, am I walking in this light? I believe in Jesus. I believe in God. At least I'm in church for a moment. Do I, do I really have the light shining in me? John chapter 12, Jesus said, I've come as a light into the world that whoever believes in me shall not abide in darkness. Uh, back at John chapter 12, verse 31. <clears throat> let's, let's talk a little bit about this power of Satan. I hate to bring the devil into it. It's like, I hate to bring the Bible into it, but there is a devil. Some Christians are like, oh, don't talk about the devil. It scares me. That's part of having some light shine. You recognize where the devil has been involved in your life. Really, part of this light shine is that you see truth. You see reality. And most of the world doesn't hardly believe in a devil. Uh, they blame, you know, they blame the whole world's problem on God. Well, well, God, if God, well, God, God, no, no, the world's problem is the devil. It's not God. Something goes wrong in the world. It's like, well, I don't know why God doesn't do anything. He's not the problem. Devil's the problem. And when you start getting the word of God in you, it'll shine light on the situation. So you recognize, ah, wait a second. There's an enemy out here. His name is Satan. Now, he's just one entity, but he's got lots of demons and he's got lots of influence because of sin. When humans said, I want to know what good and evil is, sin came in and the devil got to spread it and influence this earth, like in a really big way. So he is still influencing this earth. It's not a game. In, in, in the United States, you know, it's all kind of exciting and good and it looks fun and successful and stuff, but the devil is still underlying everything in the world. Some people think that God is the ruler of the world. Like if I asked you, do you think God is the ruler of the whole world? Most people would say, yeah, yeah, I believe in God. He's the ruler of everything, but he's not really the ruler of the world. Because if, if God's really ruling the world, he, he needs a little help. Don't you think? We got world problems that never go away. We got the same world problems now as we had 50 years ago. Same world problems because evil is still the same. So let's not say that God's the ruler of the world. Now, now he's got more power than anybody in the world. He can do uh, uh, anything by his laws of faith that are agreed upon, but he can't just go do anything he wants anytime he wants to anybody he wants because he's not the ruler of the world. Who is the ruler of the world? Unfortunately, Satan is the ruler of the world. People say, I just know what's wrong with this country. It's because it's because Satan. Satan's still the ruler of the world. He's the ruler of every continent. This goes over real big on a Christmas morning. Everybody's thrilled. Well, you need to know uh, your enemy. You need to know what the real problem is so you can solve the problem. It's not here to scare you or cause you to lose hope. It's here to help you overcome, but you can't overcome if you don't know. If you, if you don't catch the thief in the house, you can't, you know, punch him in the face. You guys know what I'm talking about. You thought if somebody was in my house, I'd punch him in the face, but not if you can't find him. John chapter 12, verse 30, Jesus answered and said, this voice did not come because of me, but for your sake. Verse 31, now this is the judgment of this world. Now the ruler of this world will be cast out. He called the devil the ruler of this world. He called the devil the ruler of this world. The good thing he gave us authority over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt us. 
So the devil has lost his power over you. He actually has lost his power over you. You who have believed in Jesus, the devil has lost his power over you. But you have to know that. You have to know it or he'll, he'll keep you in bondage if you don't know. John chapter 14, verse 30, Jesus said the same thing. I'll no longer talk much with you for the ruler of this world is coming and he has nothing in me. John 16, 11, he said, the ruler of this world is judged. So the devil is the ruler of the world. Let's not say God is when he's not. Amen. So here's the first, we could say, uh, order of the power of Satan. It affects how you believe and what you think. Because the devil deceives the whole world. He's blinded the minds of those who do not believe. The Bible says the God of this world has blinded the minds of those who do not believe. Lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ should shine unto them. The reason you got family members, friends, co-workers, the reason there's sinners out there so deep in it is because the devil has blinded them. If they could see the truth, they'd all get saved. If people who died, or we can say, if people who are alive could know what people who died know, everybody would be saved. And so what we have to do is is pray and, and ask God to give us salvation of souls. Give us fruit. Give us people. Give me more people. Give me more people. I'm going to tell everybody, I want you to give them to me. I want to, I want to help these people. I, can, I don't want them to go to hell and scream for the rest of their existence. I don't want them going to hell. This is a big deal. So I want them to be safe for eternity and I want them to have a good life now. So the first influence of Satan is uh, how we believe and what we think. He messes with your brain. He'll steal your hope. What you believe about God, you're going to have to learn the truth. Let the light shine. What you believe about yourself, you're going to have to find some light. You know, you got all these different psychiatric and psych- psychology methods of getting help out there. Uh, you're going to have to go to the Word of God to find out spiritual help. Amen. The light of Jesus Christ must shine in you so you know who you are in Christ. And those of you who've been around, you know what I'm talking about. This is where we get a new self-image. This is where we start believing right about our future and our, even our past, our present, and our future. You get that from the Word of God. The Bible says that the entrance of his words give light, that thy word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. That means I can see what I'm doing today and I got vision for tomorrow. You only get that through the light, which is the word of God. The Bible says that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. And this word is light. And this word was in the beginning with God. And the whole earth, the whole universe was made through the word of God. And, and, and the word of God is Jesus and Jesus is the light. This whole existence was made by the light. Reality, truth, perfect truth. You know, even scientists can agree. Like the Big Bang Theory. You know, we, we, we know the truth, right? There, there was a Big Bang. God said, let there be light, and then bang, (laughs) everything started. But even scientists, like 
George Lamatre or whatever his name was, some Belgium scientist, a priest. He was a, some sort of a priest, I think. He, he, back in the 1800s, he had an idea based on his scientific methods that everything must have started from light because X, Y, Z, because of the continual expansion of the universe. Scientists now agree. Heathen, science, atheist scientists now agree, yeah, it seems to have started with light. Duh. <laughs> Glad you caught up. There's, there's power in light. There's power in it. When you see clearly, bam, I can avoid the problem now. When you look in the mirror, bam, you get the dirt off your face. We are glad that the ladies use a mirror. We're glad the men use a mirror, some of them. <laughs> One time I was in, I was in, I was preaching in uh, Uganda and uh, we were traveling around preaching in different churches and the mission team, we were in a little bus together and uh, I was in the hotel, the little, the little motel and uh, they didn't have a mirror that morning. And so, you know, they didn't have hot water ever uh, and they didn't have a mirror in this particular motel. And uh, so I shaved anyway and I got in the bus and people were like, what's wrong with you? Like, what do you mean? You got a little something right here. I like missed a whole spot, just a big black dot. That's what happens when you're not looking in the mirror. Oh yeah, his word is a mirror. And if you don't look in the mirror, you'll forget what kind of man you are. You'll forget God, you'll forget what you're supposed to be, you'll forget everything he says about you if you're not in the word. If you're in the word, you'll see how to go. You'll see how to live. You'll see how to think. You'll, you'll remind yourself not to be afraid of anything. Because in the Bible, he says, don't be afraid of anything. I got you. But you can't just live off of a Hallmark card and a little post off, off social media. You got to get the word in you because it's the entrance of his words that give light to you. You got to like this stuff. You got to start liking the Bible, man, or you're going to have a rough Christian existence. You can't be a believer and just run around uh, doing the world stuff. I remember a quote from an old preacher. He said, you can't drive like Jehu all the day long and then show up in church and expect to have an abundant life. Drive like Jehu, meant because he was driving furiously in the Old Testament. There was a story about Jehu, just a wild liver, wild driving the chariot. You can't just live all for the world, all chaotic, and then show up on Sunday morning once and expect to have a good, healthy life. You got to devote to God. You really got to devote to God. Go to uh, 1 John. 1 John over towards the end of the New Testament. 1 John chapter 2. Uh, so this devil power of Satan, it'll affect how you think about God, how you, how you believe about yourself, how you believe about other people, how you treat other people. He'll, he'll get you in bondage by causing you to judge other people when you don't even need to. Amen. And that's a real bad habit of all humans is uh, comparing and judging, judging and comparing and judging and comparing and judging and evaluating where you're at. And if you're a little higher, then you put them down. And if they're higher, you want to make sure you identify all of their issues so that they get a little lower. It's a weird, weird, sinful nature that you have to get set free from. Uh, 1 John chapter 2, verse 9 says, He who says he is in the light and hates his brother 
is in darkness until now. So now it's going to talk about people who think they're in the light, but aren't. There are people who think they're in the light, but they're not. And when you read stuff like this, you got to judge yourself. I'm not here to judge you. I'm here to tell you what God says so you can judge your own self. If you say you're in the light and you have a grudge against your brother or your sister or your child or your father or your mother or your wife or your husband, you got you to analyze resentment, bitterness. I don't really hate them, but man, I don't like them. No, that's hate. That attitude right there, I can see it. That's hate. You're despising them to the point of I'm done. Sure is quiet on every row except the front row. Come on, this is judge myself time. He who says he's in the light hates his brother still in darkness. That's why your prayers don't get answered. That's why you feel far from God. That's why spiritual things aren't working for you. You're going to have to forgive everybody. Forgive them all the way until you can feel tender toward them once again. You got all those people that have hurt you, or we can say that one big person that hurt you, or those two or five, you got to forgive them and forgive them, and I forgive them, and I forgive them, I forgive them, I forgive them, I forgive them, I love them, I forgive them, I love them. Have mercy on them, have mercy on them, have mercy on them. You got to do this. I'm showing you how to do it at home. I forgive them, Lord. I love them. Do miracles for them. Be good to them. Be so good to them, God. Don't hold it against them. Don't hold it against them. Don't hold it against them. I'm not going to hold it against them. You got to say it until you start feeling it. You got to say it and say it and believe it and believe it and, and, and mean it and mean it until you start feeling good thoughts. What's a good thought? A good thought would be, oh, God, help them. Have mercy on them. They didn't know what they were doing. That's what Jesus said when he was on the cross. Forgive them, Lord. They, they know not what they do. That's the true heart of a believer who is filled with the light. We recognize sinners sin. Humans sin. I'm not going to hold... Why would you get mad at a sinner for sinning? Yeah, but they're, they believe in God. They're not supposed to do that. Oh, well, God's forgiven you of all of your garbage. We forget so easily that how much he's put up with. Anyway, all right, so verse 10, he who loves his brother abides in the light. He who loves his brother abides in the light. He who loves his brother abides in the light, and there's no cause for stumbling in him. But he who hates his brothers in darkness and walks in darkness and does not know where he's going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. This is tying this light darkness thing to the way you think about people. That's amazing. We could also probably open up to he who says he's in the light and has a terrible lifestyle. He who says he's in the light and is still living low. He who says he's in the light but is still full of fear. You're not in the light. When you get in the light, man, you'll get free. You'll get hope. You'll get joy. You'll get peace. Woo, when you're in the light, it's fun. Uh, number two, the power of Satan will also affect your lifestyle, how you live. He's the tempter. He's the tempter of the whole world. First uh, John chapter five, read this. The devil is the tempter of the whole world. He's the accuser of all the brethren. 
He goes to God and accuses you to God. And if you have Jesus, Jesus slaps him in the face. If you don't have Jesus, you get accused before God. Verse 19, 1 John 5, verse 19. We know that we are of God and the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. You understand that? The whole, say it out loud, the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. That's why you must come out of the world in the way you live, the way you think, the way you uh, talk, because the whole world is under the devil's sway. You can't love the world, neither the things that are in the world. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, you're going to have to give up all of your prideful ambitions. I said you're going to have to give up all of your prideful ambitions, all of your self-absorption. You, people, sinners live a self-absorbed life. It's the first thing that goes when you give your life to Jesus. When the light shines, you get knocked to the ground. It's like, whoa, man, I ain't so bad after all. I mean, bad meaning good, you know. I, I ain't so tough after all. I'm going to just give up myself. I ain't so cool after all. I'm going to give my life to God. Give up all my self-absorbed life. And every time we say that, it gets real quiet in here. <laughs> this is the first thing that has to go if you're a Christian. You have to give up all of self-focus. Praise the Lord. Is it Christmas Eve lunchtime? We're about to go. This is your last chance to get it right with God. We're about to go. <clears throat> Praise the Lord. Go to 1 John chapter 1 here. 1 John chapter 1. Just a couple more scriptures. First John chapter 1, verse 5. says, This is the message which we have heard from him and declare to you that God is light. In him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie. And do not practice the truth. So now it's talking about walking in light means you've got to practice things. Yeah. Yeah. All of a sudden now, what I believe on the inside is supposed to affect my outside. So believing in Jesus is not just a little uh, gift card you put in your wallet and then live however you want. No. Having the light of the world is not to be in your wallet. It's to be in your heart. And when the light shines in your heart, it's supposed to drop you to your knees. When the light shines, you're supposed to say, whoa. If you've heard something today that you never knew, you're supposed to say, whoa. Everybody go ahead and practice it. Say, whoa. Whoa. Wow. wow. If you can truly say that in your heart, you've heard some truth. It's like, wow. Wow, I didn't know that. Whoa, I didn't know that. That's you letting the light do something to you. The light is supposed to change you, improve you. Draw you nearer to God. Make you more like God. Let's do it again. Whoa. Wow. I say if you've never read the Bible, start in the New Testament, start reading. Just pick, pick a book, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, start one of those, and just start reading it. And then watch how many times you go, whoa. Wow. That means you're on the track. That means you're walking with Jesus. That means you're starting to follow Jesus. If you can read the Bible and say, 
and let it hit you. Don't, don't argue with it. Well, I don't know about that. Where did they get this translation from? I don't know who the historian was. I just don't know if I can trust all of these words. You know, it's man, man wrote it. I think man wrote it. Well, if that's you, we're locking the doors. We're going to drive that attitude right out of you till you can take the words printed on paper from a print press written by a person, but who was told to write by God. How would you know though? Because man, it does something. When light shines in your heart, you can sense it. It's alive. The word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. It goes into my soul and my spirit. And if you want to try to take that away, go for it. If you're going to try to talk me out of the word, bringing life to me, do it. Let's do it. Uh, Okay, where are we? Verse six. Uh, If we say we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. Verse seven. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. So come on, you gotta walk in the light and you'll feel this blood cleansing. You need that. You need to know what it feels like to to feel forgiven and, and be clean from all guilt. You know, a guilty conscience helps you come to the Lord. You got to feel like you're wrong so that you can get right. You have to feel some remorse for your stupidity so you can repent. You got to recognize and admit, you know what? I'm not so great. I need God. God, I'm going to change. I'm going to turn to you. Help me. Help me. Here I come, God. I'm devoting my life. You got to go through that. But notice what else it says. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, We have fellowship with who? With one another. That means if I'm I'm walking in the light, I'm hanging out with Christians. If I'm walking in the light, I'm hanging out with Christians. If I'm walking in the light, I kind of want to go to church. If you don't want to go to church... I'm pretty sure you're not walking in the light. I know for me, when I wasn't walking in the light, never went to church. Before I committed my life to the Lord and let the light shine in my life, I I never noticed any church anywhere. Never considered going to a church, never thought about church, never wanted to go to church, never knew church names, never cared. I could drive by a street, never see one church. There was a church that I grew up Uh, I grew up and across the street from my house was a church. I knew it was a Baptist church, uh, but never had any inclination to go except to play basketball. You know, little league basketball. I played in their big field when I wanted to, but never really went to church. And and then when I got saved, when when I really came into the Lord, I mean, I was already saved, but when I came into the light for real, I realized it wasn't just, it was two churches next to each other. I never knew it just never even saw the sign, never cared to look at the church sign. That's how clueless and dark I I lived. After I came into the light, 
came into the kingdom, devoted my life to the Lord. Man, I said, oh, a church, a church, oh, a church, another church, another church. Wow, wow there's churches everywhere. This is wonderful. <laughs> and I wanted to go to church. I started going to church the moment that I committed to the Lord. Just started, oh, it's what Christians do. We go, we fellowship in the light. It's where the family is. It's where his plan is. This is where he's building this thing. I better be there. But you got to let the light shine. You got to let the light start cleaning all of your worldliness away. Otherwise, you'll struggle forever. All right. Praise the Lord. You got to give it all up. You got to give up your whole life to have his life. If you give up 10% of your life, he'll give you 10% of his life. You have to give up the world's rulership in your life. The world's not going to tell me what to do. It's not going to tell me what pressure to have. It's not going to stress me out. The world's not going to do it. I gave up the world. You're going to, you know, people come up with, dream up all sorts of noble causes. There's really no noble cause except the cause of Christ. When save the planet, we're going to save the planet. I'm going to join that group. Save the planet. The planet doesn't need, need saving. People need saving. If you're a believer in Christ, look, let the, let the heathens worry about the, the planet. You worry about people. Let the heathens worry about the animals. You worry about people. I'm saying it as all serious as I can. You're going to have to turn your life toward people or your life isn't going to count for much. Uh, there's more example. I mean, I'll just give you one example, but there's thousands talking about the light. When you read the Bible and you see, oh, uh, murmuring is not Christian-like. It doesn't say it that way. What it does say is the things in the Old Testament were written for examples to us. In the Old Testament, they murmured and they were destroyed by the destroyer. Now, God's not going to destroy you from murmuring and complaining, but it will destroy your life. The devil will get in there. If you're going to be a murmurer and a complainer through this life, the devil is going to have a party with you every day. So no murmuring and no complaining. Even about politics. Even about food at the restaurant. When are you going to stop complaining? The Israelites got in trouble for complaining about their miracle food. They had miracle food, miracle water, miracle quail, miracle manna. They complained. (laughs) Serpents destroyed a bunch of them. So we got some examples. You're supposed to read it and say, you know what? Good Christians don't complain all day long about stuff. It's supposed to drop you to your knees where you change. How many can, can, can just drop right here and say, okay, I'm going to stop complaining. Look to the person you came with and say, I'm going to quit complaining about everything. Just do it. Now, everybody look at each other and say, whoa, that would be a miracle. I'm not talking about just complaining on the outside, but what about complaining on the inside? How, how, much, how much silent complaining do you do? Got to 
got to do these dishes again, got to do this again, got to do this again, got to do this again. My whole life's just about doing this, doing this again, doing this again. That's how the heathen live. Come on, wash them dishes with a smile on your face. Reminds me of that little, there's a scripture in the Old Testament that says, well, the question is, isn't washing dishes the, the woman's job? Well, in the 50s, they could get away with that. But if you're a Bible reader, the Bible says that God, he, he used it as an analogy that he was going to do something to Israel as a man wipes a dish. So ladies, your, your men can, your husbands can, can, can help wash the dishes. As long as you help fix the fence. Okay, I'm back up. I'm going to back up and get back here so we can get out of here. Let me just say it this way. The light of Jesus Christ changes everything. Come on, if, you're, if you'll be honest, let the light shine and, and let your light start shining. Amen. Let the light shine in you and then you're supposed to be, Jesus said you're the light of the world. You're supposed to get busy being the light of the world. You're supposed to start emulating Jesus Christ. Following him means be like him. You're supposed to be a disciple of Jesus, supposed to start acting like him, talking like him, thinking, bringing some glory in the room when you come in. At least you could smile. You could practice smiling right now. Just practice it right now. See, it's hard to, pra- it's hard to even smile, isn't it? <clears throat> Praise the Lord. Okay, let me read one final scripture. We'll end, and we're going to minister to those who, who need to, number one, be saved or be filled with the Spirit or rededicate their life. It's time to get some things right, but we're going to minister to you before you leave. Uh, but let me read this one final scripture. Philippians chapter 2, verse 14. You don't have to turn there. But Philippians 2.14 says, Do all things without complaining and disputing, that you may become blameless and harmless, children of God without fault, in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation, among whom you shine as lights in the world. Jesus is the light of the world, and so are you. And so am I. It's a glorious connection and union with God, with Jesus Christ, and with the Holy Spirit. You and I are part of this light shining business. Amen. Thank you for joining Pastors Chaz and Joni today from Houston Faith Church. If you're looking for a good home church in Houston, Texas, we'd like to invite you to be our guest anytime. What you'll find is that Houston Faith Church is highly committed to the Word of God, the love of God, and the Spirit-filled life and ministry that Jesus expects. We know that everyone wants to make a difference in this life and that the great commission of the Lord Jesus Christ is the main thing for all of us. You'll find your purpose here and grow strong in faith at Houston Faith Church. Find more faith-building resources on our YouTube channel or subscribe to our free audio podcast. You can also connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. See you soon.